That, that's weak. How many are ready for the word? Woo! Come on now. Amen. So we're going to talk. Last week we talked about the curse. And I told you last week, I, 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 man, that was a rush. I mean, I, I felt like, I felt like, the, like saying, that was rough. This morning, the message was the easiest months. Somebody prayed every demon out of here. Hallelujah. They, they figured, you know what, we can't stop the blessing. I get, we'll just give up. So I'll, praise God, I'm feeling great, which means I'm going to be, I'm going to preach two hours. I'm going to preach even there. I already leave. So we're going to talk about the blessing, much more positive. And coincidentally, this is Rosh Hashanah. Amen. Which closes tonight at sundown. But this is Rosh Hashanah, which is New Year. This is, the, you know, they celebrate it now. And they say, well, that's a Jewish holiday. Well, we're Christians. Yeah. Well, it's nothing legalistic about it. But <clears throat> the Bible says there are seven feast days, right? And the Bible says the feasts of the Lord are forever. So that's Bible. The feasts of the Lord are forever. We don't observe the legalistic part of them, but those are feast days. You know what? I think we're going to celebrate these in heaven. So get caught up. Get caught up. You need to know what, the, what these seven feast days are. The fall feast. This begins all the fall feasts that are coming up. Eventually we'll do, you know, there's Yom Kippur, right, the, the judgment. And, and then there's uh, Feast of Tabernacles. Make sure you sign up. Seven-day event, sign up, come out here in the middle of the night. This is a great family event. Just bring your family out for an hour, worship the Lord together. So uh, Rosh Hashanah, at the end of service, we're going to blow the shofar. And we may be the only church in town that does that today, but we're going to do it. We're going to blow, we're going to have seven. They're going to come up here and blow the shofars. That's what they do. Shofars are very important. I could preach a whole message just on shofars. But we're going to blow the shofars and celebrate the new year. I should have got some of those hats on and just have a good time. But whatever, it's, it's the new year, happy new year. And uh, the, the cool thing about this, is not scriptural, but this is what the Jews believed about Rosh Hashanah. They believed that on this day, this day was the day God planned your year out. Now, God knows everything we know he doesn't have to do this year. Now he, he always knows, but he kind of humanizes this whole thing, you know. So, so he's, what he's saying is, from our point of view, it's kind of cool to think that God sits down once a year and says, now how can I bless them this year? And God looks ahead at every day of your year. He looks at all the days coming up, and he knows what day the enemy's going to attack. He knows the good days, the bad days, the hard days, the easy days, the fun days, the not-so-fun days. And he sets you up for a blessing. God's never surprised. Never surprised. I don't care what happens to you. He's never surprised. He doesn't sit up there in heaven and say, gee, I didn't see that one coming. What are we going to do now? No, no, no. Even Adam's sin wasn't a surprise. He made provision for Adam before he made Adam. Someone told me just today, you know what? Because yeah, their, their ministry was, was affected and something they did really messed everything up. And then he, and he got a, how many of you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you ever beat yourself up over something? 
and say, oh, God, God will never forgive me for that. I don't know. You know what? God saved you knowing you would do that. So if, he for, so if he was okay with it yesterday, why wouldn't he be okay with it today? He's okay. It's, what you did is not okay, but if you, if, you, if you confess your sins, he will forgive, and it's okay with God. You can move ahead. Give God praise right now if you're hearing what I'm saying. Praise God for that. Okay, i got to hurry up. Let's, let's go to the blessing and this, th- 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 listen, to- so it's a huge prayer. Numbers chapter 6, this is the blessing that the priests would raise their hands over the congregation, and they have been praying this exact prayer for almost 3,000 years. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, this is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. And they would believe, they believe that you have to put your hands up. The priests would put their hands up, put it over the congregation. And they believed that God would go through them and through the hands into people's lives. That the priest was a conduit of blessing. Amen? And I believe, that, I believe it applies to the church today. I believe I could be a conduit for that blessing for your families. Not that I'm all that. A lightning rod is just a piece of metal. But it works pretty well with lightning. Amen. I'm just a vessel. And like we like to say, all vessels leak. I leak a little bit. You leak a little bit. But God, for some reason, chose us anyway. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So let's read the blessing. Let's read the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be Gracious to you. Isn't that a great? Isn't that great? The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So, so they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. That's why they raised the hand. They're putting his name on you. And isn't that beautiful? That, that prayer has stood the test of time. That prayer. And we're going to pray that prayer over. We're going to sing that prayer over you uh, right after the service and, and, and during the shofars. And here's what Moses did. I think it is. And they, they stand. Uh, six of the tribes stood on one mountain, and six tribes stood on the other mountain, and there's a huge valley in between. And understand, there's about a million people involved in this. Can you imagine? Talk about a protest. They've got a million people. You got half a million on this mountain, half a million on this mountain. And Moses would, I don't know, he didn't have an amplifier. I don't know how he did this. But he would read out the blessings. And every time he would read a blessing, this side would say, Amen. That would just thunder. And then he'd read a curse. And they would say, Amen. And he'd say, If you obey God, this is your blessing. Amen. But if you disobey God, Here's the curse. Amen. And we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it's kind of strange that there are only 14 verses of blessing. And I'll read them. But there's about 50 verses of curses. And I'm not going to read them all. 
I figured if I put too many in the air, the devil might take one and put it on. I'm just not going to do it. So let's read the blessings in verse 1. You ready for this? A lot of word today, but we'll put it up so you can read it. Now, it shall come to pass if you say, if I diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Hello, America. Hello, Supreme Court. We need, to, we need to stand up to the laws of God. All these blessings shall come upon you. The Hebrew, overtake you. The blessings are trying to overtake us because you will obey the voice of the Lord your God. Here they are. Ready? Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed you shall be when you go out. Hallelujah. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Woo! Come on. <laughs> the Lord shall command. How many want command blessings? The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Savings account. And in all to which you set your hand, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Are you getting this? The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If, 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 if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, that all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. They're trying to make us afraid of God. rise up that they'll be afraid of us. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. That's where you can. In the fruit of your body, don't amen that. In the increase of your livestock, bless, bless my, my children's, that's so good. And in the produce of your ground, and in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Okay? Uh, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Mm -hmm. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you, if, you, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them. One more verse. And you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you, the gods, to serve them. Fantastic, right? Amen. Next verse. Oh. They had to hear it. It, was, it took a long time, the statue which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. See, the blessings will overtake, but so will the curse. In the city, cursed you'll be in the country. You can't escape it. Cursed shall be your basket and your needy. I'm glad I don't sow. Cursed 
shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flock. Cursed you shall be when you come in. Cursed you shall be. All right, enough of that. Whew. How many, I don't care about the curses because I don't intend to be cursed. Give God praise if you intend to be blessed. Wow. Wow. Let me add this. Remember, God only curses to the fourth generation. Back to the fourth generation. Good news. Because y'all got some horse thieves back there. You know you do. So he only goes back from you four generations. That's, that's how long a curse can last. Thank God, unless there's a special exception. <laughs> but praise God for that. But then the Bible also says that blessings go to a thousand generations. I said the blessing goes to a thousand generations. Now, now I think it was last week I said that there's maybe three, there's only been like 300 uh, uh, generations, but no, I, but I was wrong. I was wrong. First time I've been wrong all year long. Oh, really? You're going to laugh at that. You've been talking to Gloria? Is that what it is? All right. But the first 1,500 years, y'all know how many, listen, the, the evolution is on that and prove it to you. I honestly can prove it to you. 6,000 years of history. We can get into the science of it. We can get into it. But 6,000 years. But the first 1,500 from Adam to Noah, they lived a lot longer. They would live hundreds of years. So, oh, that's not possible. That's because the earth was very different before the flood. The atmosphere was different. The, the, the whole world, the, there weren't storms. There weren't, there, there's not a lot of disease coming out of Adam. There's just a whole lot of things going on there. The gene pool wasn't as spread out as it is now, okay? So people had more of the genes, all the good genes. They lived a lot longer, and animals grew a lot bigger, okay? The reptiles were a lot bigger back then. And lived a lot longer. So there's, the Bible says there's only 10 generations in 1,500 years from Adam to Noah. So how many generations are there altogether? Only 175 years is a generation. 175 generations. I want, I, I want, I want all the blessings from my ancestors. See, if God put a blessing in your line, it's still in your line. And he said, well, there's, there's, there's too many of them. I mean, okay, let's do the math. How many of you had two parents? See, some of you don't know. See what I'm saying? And, and this morning I said, unless you're a test tube baby, but no, that no, that you still got two. Now, you may not know who they are, but you can raise your hand. You do have two parents. Jesus, help us. Your mother didn't just wish you into existence. And, and they had two parents, so that's four. And they had two, so that's eight and 16 and 32 and 64 and 128. And anyway, as you go back, it gets bigger and bigger. You had more and more. So that's a lot of people. In fact, if you go back four, five, six hundred years, you have more ancestors than the total population of the planet. Now, that's not possible, right? So what happens is... As, as the line, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. Your cousins married each other. I just want to say, 
maybe not first cousins, but second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, twentieth, whatever, somewhere in that the lines start crossing if you do your genealogy and you follow all your lines. Sooner or later you begin to find out that they intermarried because it has to. And so the line kind of goes like this and then it goes like this because we all started with two. So, the, so you start with two, you end up with two, but in between you get this. Does that make sense? So don't worry about how many ancestors you have because, you know what, we're all related somehow. In fact, if you go back to Noah, all of us are ancestors of one of three boys. And now with tracing the Y chromosome back through, through males, uh, they can go back. They're going back many generations. I mean, they're going back thousands of years, and they're beginning. And they say, you know what? When we go really far back, it seems like we got three streams of G DNA coming. Oh, really? Three streams. I can name them. I know who my daddy is. And eventually, as they as they get more and more in people's DNA, if you came from Ham, Japheth, or or uh, we all came from Adam. So we're all relatives anyway. And, and by the way, it doesn't matter what color you are. It's no difference. We all share that DNA. I'm going to shock some of you. You may think you're a white family, but you might have been black ten generations ago. And vice versa. I'm serious. It only takes four generations to change colors. Explain that, Pastor. No. Listen, there's not black and white. We're all shades of brown. That's all it is. Hello? It's just how much melatonin. I want to say watermelons, but that's probably not it. Melanolin. It's like I just can't get it out. Melanolin. That melon stuff. It's just how much you have in your skin, and if you intermarry and you go through all that stuff, it can change, and you can actually change from black to white and white to black. You can change from Asian to, to American. You can change those within, within four or five generations. You can completely change. I'm not encouraging you to change your look, but I'm just saying. I'm going to get in trouble. The Bible knows nothing about race. It knows nothing about race. There is no such thing as race. There are tribes and nations. There are 70 nations that come out of the Tower of Babel, and all those 70 nations are now distributed. And there, are, there were 70 ethnos, and we can do it. And they keep saying, oh, maybe it's less than that. They'll get it down to 70. They'll figure it out. Science catches up to the Bible eventually. And say, you really only need to think in terms of 100. I, I'm just claiming all the blessings of God because it goes for a thousand generations, so it's easy to go. And now here's the thing. Sometimes blessings skip. That doesn't mean they're gone, but they can be skipped. Can I give you some examples? And he was blessed going forward. I'll talk about that in a minute. But you know what? His daddy, his daddy was the one that, <clears throat> that led the revolution against uh, God, when they appointed Saul king, remember Samuel said, you, God doesn't want you to have led the rebellion. And uh, so his daddy was a bad person. Got it? But his grandfather 
was Samuel. <laughs> so it skipped a generation, but just because it skips one doesn't mean it's gone. I said just because it skips one or two, or three, or five, or ten. It might skip some generations. Why? Because every generation keeps triggering the same curses. And when you keep triggering those curses, then the blessing can't appear. But once you rebuke the curse from your family tree, ha, glory to God, you can, you can trigger the blessings back into your family tree. Does that make sense? Give him praise if you want to do that. And I know people say, I don't believe in all that mess. Yeah, that's why you got your problem. I look at you, you know, from all the way back to great-grandma, you've had the same problem. Yeah, you don't have curses. Oh, Jesus. But you know what? That's not the end of the story for old, old, old Heman because we read during Solomon's temple, his, his family then became the worship leaders. 300 years later, King Hezekiah comes along, and he reestablishes worship, Davidic worship. And you know what? Guess who, were, guess who was leading? We're leading the worship. Isn't that a powerful thing? Listen, the cure for all that healed. Can I tell you another story? The story of the Rechabite. I won't read it. But the Jacobites, <clears throat> several generations before this, talked to the head of the house, and the head of the house said he heard from God, and they, they weren't really Jewish. And God spoke to them and said, look, if you will not drink wine or any substance, and that includes marijuana, okay, if you don't, or, and, and he says, I don't want you to own any land. He said, I want you to be nomads. I went off the land and never drink any alcohol and maybe a few other rules there. But they stuck to that for generation after generation. One day, Jeremiah, y'all remember Jeremiah? He's preaching to the people because he said, if you don't repent, the Babylonians are coming. And how many know they came? And they went into captivity for 70 years. But Jeremiah said, doesn't have to happen if you repent. How many believe this nation could turn around if we would repent? Yeah, and if not, we may be going to Babylon. It's called living in New York City. But anyway, well, it's the modern Babylon. It's just, oh, Lord. <clears throat> anyway, so, 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 where am I? So, Jeremiah calls a feast, and all the heads of the families are there, and he invites the Rechabites. And I'm sure someone said, what are they doing here, the Rechabites? But they're all sitting there. And this is a Jewish custom. Jeremiah doesn't say anything about the Rechabites. He just picks up a glass of wine, which is customary, and he salutes all the families present. And he said, let's have a drink of wine and salute, you know, the families, and let's salute Jehovah. And they all take a drink. Stupid Rechabites. He said, look at the Rechabites. And they're going, yeah, here it comes. They've obeyed. It's his house, his phone. He said, look at the Rechabites. And they thought he was going to make fun of them. And he said, they're not even Jewish. And they're obeying the law of God. And you Jews are breaking the law. He lowered the boom. <laughs> well, that's not the end of the story. 
You know, you can go through the Bible. How many remember all the ites in the Bible? The Amazites, the Parasites, the, the Hittites, the, par the uh, Parasites, all the, all, all the ites. Do you know today none of those, it's in the DNA somewhere, of course, but there are no nations called Amorites? Or I got news for you. The Rechabites are still here. Y'all know where Yemen is? It's a Muslim country, like 99.9%. But they have been, that's where all the war is, right, with Saudi Arabia and Yemen. It's a very poor nation. And they're still nomads, but they're out in the country. They still don't own land, and they still don't drink anything. But you know what? God is still blessing them. They're not Christian, but they're Jews, and God is still blessing them after all these centuries. They still got their family name. They can trace their, they can see their ancestors' names in the scriptures. How would you like to have grand, granddad in the Bible? For a good reason. <laughs> I tease people all the time. I said, I said if any of our members get, get their names in the newspaper, Probably not a good thing. It's probably not. <laughs> Praise God. But isn't that amazing? A thousand generations. Pray in public or not. They're going to spot you. They're going to pick you out. And persecution's coming. You may not get that promotion. And you may uh, get, get sidelined at work. And you may be made fun of. And who knows what might happen. But I, I, I want to tell you, promotion cometh from the Lord. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what your boss thinks about you. I don't work for him anyway. I work for the Lord. My blessings come from God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't need to compromise. I don't need to give in to their way of, their way of life and their beliefs system. I'm going to honor God and stand on the promises of God. Hallelujah. My blessings come from God, not from the world. Give him a praise. Well, glory. I told you I felt good. How many know the story of Phineas? It's a weird story. I'm going to tell it. Y'all need to read your Bible. Back in Moses' time, there was a, they were out in the wilderness, and, and the guys, you know, it's always the guys, <clears throat> the men started, I want to say dating, but you all know what I really mean. They started hanging out with the Moabite women, and, and God said, this can't be. This can't be. And, and now we're, now we're, listen, from what I preached last week, now you know why. He didn't want marriages to be mixed. And he's talking, he's not talking about what you think he's talking about. If you're a child of God, you don't, you're not supposed to be mixed with someone who's not a child of God. Because you need to keep your spiritual seed. And when you marry an unbeliever, you're bringing in curses into your family line. Now, I'm not saying you can't overcome that. Don't go home and divorce your unsaved husband. But I'm saying what the Bible says, what, what does light and dark have? God, listen, here's another scripture. If God says if your spouse is an unbeliever, news with the bad news, he said he'll, he'll bless you no matter what. He grabs a Midianite woman and I don't care what you say. 
And he and her go into their t- his tent. Phineas says, oh, yeah? Really? You're going to bring this curse into, into the children of Israel? Not on my watch. He was one of the priests. The Bible said he got a lance. Y'all know what a lance is. Went into the tent and ran them through with one thrust of it. So you understand. And ran them through, killed them both with one lance. Yay, Phineas. My point is, how about if I give you the solution to this whole problem? Judge, you need, you need to take up my case. She's a poor widow. She doesn't amount to anything. But the Bible says she kept knocking. That's not, what, that's not what the parable's saying. You know what it's saying? It's saying the woman had the right to demand justice. Whatever was happening to her, it was illegal. But the judge, like we see some judges today, they don't care. I ain't got time for you. You just, you just live with it. But she insisted. She said, I have a legal claim. We don't know what, what happened to her or who did what, but somebody did something illegal to her and her family. And she said, I am not going to give up until you take up my case and rule in my favor because the law is on my side. And I'm telling you, that's exactly what we need to do in these last days. We need to tell the devil, get out of my family line, get out of my home, get out of my marriage, get out of my situation because I am a child of God and I deserve, I've, I didn't earn it, but God gave it to me. And we need to plead the blood of Jesus over our homes, over our families, and claim the blessings of God. Give him praise. Amen. Give him praise. Wow. Praise God. We need to stand. Which first dwelt in your grandmother, in your mother. You know what he's saying? I see something in your line. Now, remember, going from Paul back to Jesus is not that many years. But he said, I see something in your family line. I saw it in your grandmother, and I saw it in your mother, and I see it in you, Timothy. Whether you see it or not, it's in there. I'm talking to every family in this church. There are blessings in your line. And they can go to your children and your grandchildren. And then he says, I'm persuaded is in you also. He said, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. And you know what that says? There are things you got through your natural generations, and there are things you got by the laying on of hands. Nothing to do with me, but God uses people like, like a lightning rod to, to bless you. Th- so God will use me to bless you. Does that make sense? And we talk about the hands. Some of you have pastored for generations now. And how many times have we laid hands on you and passed some spiritual gift to you? Paul, Paul said, I can't wait to get to Rome, he said, because I've got some spiritual gifts I want to give you. And, and it's not that I hold those or carry those, but so Paul says some things have been, because, listen, 
And I also want to release whatever spiritual blessings and spiritual gifts need to be released to your family. 